Welcome to Happy Hour. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hey. He's Adam Harehawk. I'm Sean Cantwell, your local alternative South State Radio. So I want to just get to this right off the jump because it's been kind of a thing. I, I Actually, I guess we should probably actually start as to where things might relate to the Red Wings. Okay. Or because uh, you remember last week, Vancouver, the <laughs> Wings, it got kind of chippy on on Saturday and ultimately culminated in Jake Wallman scoring a game winner on a penalty shot, yeah. do, doing a stupid little gritty dance. Yep. And apparently both teams were warned about that after what happened in Toronto on Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we kind of find ourselves leading off today. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Let me cue the music. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what to say because I didn't have any my, the music bed. I, I was actually lost. That happens. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. What's going on in Canada? The Canadian teams are just off the rails. They're just—they're not the normal, polite. Oh, excuse me, sorry about that kind of kind of people. They're just getting brutal. Oh yeah, like the Saturday thing with. So, for if you haven't seen it yet, if you've been living under a rock or pay attention to a relevant sport, yeah. Um. <laughs> so Morgan Riley got handed down a five-game suspension. Yep. After he went and cross-checked Ridley Gregg of the Ottawa Senators, who had the unmitigated gall, the audacity uh-huh. <laughs> to do a slapper, to, slap shot, to, do a, to clap a slap shot five feet away from net. an empty net. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he comes in. I mean, they were already up four to three. The Toronto pulls the goalie and top Greg, Greg, whatever. Uh, Ridley Gregg. Ridley Gregg. He comes up there and, you know, skating normal. Nobody's behind him. He knows he's got the goal. It's not like a, he was being pursued at all. And does a, just a full, full clapper right into the right into the net. It was great. It, I loved it. And Morgan Riley it was not a, love it. Chased him down. This was definitely premeditated. He had time to, like, really cool down. But, no, he went there and back-checked him into the boards. Cross-checked him in the head. Yep. And, uh. And he, he, he stayed down on the ice for quite a while. I never heard if there was any kind of injury. But now the conversation begins. I mean, he got five games. Everybody, Senator fans are like, should be more. Maple Leaf fans, it should be less or not at all. I'm thinking five is about perfect because it was a hit to the head. It was, uh, it was a sore loser kind of moment. But, I'm, but, okay, there, there is the other side. Uh, Greg, who is who is on the younger side, he's a rookie, but he should know the whole, the way you do things. You're already winning. You don't do that kind of showboney thing where you you don't have to slap it in there like that. You don't really have to pour salt on the wound. It's Toronto. Yes, you do. <laughs> we take uh, incredible joy in that. But, I mean, the whole idea yes, of we do. sportsmanship... It, uh, what, Overrated. <laughs> well, it's kind of like in baseball, you know. Don't we'll watch the ball fly out of the out of the. Uh, and I the, think that's stupid too. <laughs> I've been the 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 biggest uh, opponent of unwritten rules in literally every sport, <laughs> especially so, when it comes to baseball. But so, go on. Yeah, Greg probably. He, well, he probably learned not to uh, be a show pony uh, in that in that way again. 
Riley? I don't know. I don't know. I think Riley would probably do it again if it because uh, he doesn't want his team embarrassed. Well, then here's what you 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 don't uh, don't lose the game. Don't don't <laughs> don't lose badly enough to the point where you have to pull the goalie. Right. Exactly. Like, well, that, I mean, maybe, yeah, that, that looks good on paper, but you, well, then if not, then you deserve to get shown up. I don't know what to right, tell you. Right. Like, because there's been a lot of, like, I've noticed most of the discourse around this has very much been, oh, he didn't deserve to be suspended. Ridley Gregg had it coming and so on and so forth. He didn't didn't have an injury uh, coming to him. Like, here's my, kind of my take on that, I guess. If you're going to get upset about it, be a man and drop the gloves. Don't be a pussy and attack a guy with a weapon. Right. How about that? That's a fair point. Like... Fight the guy. Drop the gloves and actually fight the guy face to face. Don't don't pull this nonsense. It's it, it, it's a total coward move, and that, I don't like anything about it. That that's a fair point. He should have gotten suspended. You got the, some Maple Leafs faithful who think that he shouldn't be suspended at all. Then you got a bunch of people who aren't Maple Leafs fans. You know, they're thirty one teams uh, saying that he, they want him run out of the league for it. I think five games is about perfect. I feel like only really the Sens fans and you know a, f- a couple actual rational hockey fans are really on team uh, you know s- sensibility here versus you know the whole Riley you know being yeah. in Riley's corner. Every, like every take I've seen from the hockey verse has been like this is this is an overreaction. They shouldn't have suspended him for this long. He should have known what he was doing by clapping that goal. Like a lot of that old school like antiquated Don Cherry-like thinking is yes. still very much pervasive amongst the uh, pundit sphere in the National Hockey League. And, and it gets worse when they're behind a keyboard. Well, it absolutely <laughs> does. But even the guys on, on in front of cameras and microphones are every bit as bad about it. Yeah. Like, no, I can't get on board with this, that he had it coming because of this. Like, if you have such a problem with it, like I said, drop the gloves and fight the guy. Like, going and cross-checking a guy's head with your stick is... It, it's It's... For as much as oh he's he's defending his team no that that was a pussy move yes and I, I, you can tell we're not on FM today <laughs> but it's it absolutely is it, you don't do that no like the, the other comp that I saw on this was the best comp really I've seen on this was this season uh, when Perron cross checked Michael Zub yeah. yeah which I I wasn't a fan of of I, I was rather pissed that he got suspended but mostly because. Having him not on the team was, you know, detriment to the wings. But again, you you took a weapon to a guy's head, and yes. it wasn't even the, in his case. It wasn't even the right guy. Yeah, like <laughs> it's not that Zub took your took Larkin down. Mm-hmm. Like you you went after the wrong dude. Like that that made it even worse somehow. I'm fine with a five game suspension here. You could honestly argue yeah. more, and I'd be okay with it. Yeah, Perron deserved a five gamer. I certainly wouldn't argue less than five for Riley. No, I mean it's it was a scary hit. Uh, the way uh, Greg's hit hit the bo- face hit the boards was very reminiscent of that uh, hit on Chris Draper from Claude Lemieux that you know put a big old dent in his cheekbone and really messed him up. He could have really done some damage for that. You want to solve all this? Oh boy! You go and cross check a guy like that, mm-hmm. and he gets injured and has to miss time. The guy who did it to him has to sit out the same amount of time. There has been that argument uh, for the longest time, like the whole uh, uh, Todd Bertuzzi, Steve Moore thing. They said as long as Steve Moore can't play, Todd Bertuzzi can't play. But, I mean, 
NHLPA themselves, they'll chime in and say, no, that's, that's just not, that, that's, that's not how this works. In our case, I guess I'm glad it didn't work out that way. Yeah, because we like Todd Bertuzzi. <laughs> but, I mean, there has been that argument. It's like, okay, if this guy is out two weeks with a, a fractured orbital bone or whatever uh, because you did something stupid, you should be right out there. With, but And Burr was suspended for, what, a year on that? No. Uh, it, we, 50 games, I think. Was it, fi- was it only 50? 50? It, it overlapped until the next season, but, yeah. Okay. I, I, that, I believe so. Okay. It's been uh, years, and the mind has been known to wander. Uh, oh, don't I know it. Yeah, so, yeah, there, there's that. I mean, you know, you just, here is that argument, and here we go. We're jumping in feet first. You need the enforcer, not the, not the goon, not a goon, not a cement head. You need the enforcers. And I hear a lot of people right now screaming, we need Bob Probert. We need a Bob Probert. They don't make Bob Proberts anymore. It's not like we can go to the Bob Probert store. Hey, let's go check out the Bob. The 2024 models are on sale. We can't do that. No? No, no. Damn. Bob Probert was a player that could mix it up, but he would also put up 30, 35 goals in a season. They don't make those guys anymore. When you're in, like, peewee, uh, midget, and AAA hockey, they uh, – they teach you to be a scorer, a good skater. They don't teach about mixing things up. They, the the league and all the sport of hockey is trying to lean away from from that. I don't think they should. But, you know. I say it's rather unfortunate. Quite it, honestly, it is. It is because you're seeing this this Morgan Riley. Now, if Morgan Riley knew there was a Ty Domi, uh, which is I know sacrilegious because Ty Domi played for the Maple Leafs, but just hang on, folks. Right. I, I'm going somewhere with this. If they had like a uh, Tony Twist on the Ottawa Senators. They're not going to pull that. Yeah, I'm mad at Grig. I'm going to shove him. I'm going to give him a little join, maybe a, maybe a face wash, but I'm not going to go cross-check him in the head because I'm going to know either that game or that game was over. But the next game, I'm going to have to look out for Tony Twist. I'm going to look out for Ty Domi, Bob, Bob Probert, something like that. I'm not looking out for Jordan Tutu because more than likely, he's going to be a healthy scratch and I'm going to have to worry about him. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's it's a it's a fair point. Sean, I made Sean watch a documentary called Ice Guardians, which is available on uh, Tubi. I like that. You you made me do this. I like just you sat, sat you down, down and forced me to watch this. Orange, pride your because uh, I'd just been talking about it for years. I'm like, we're just sit down, we're crack open some whiskey and some beer. I'm it, glad we did. And it was a great documentary because it was a pure documentary in the fact that it, it was about fighting in hockey, is about the the role of the enforcer, but it was like. Half of it was why there shouldn't be, and the other half was uh, a good point for... Uh, they were both good points. Why there should be enforcers. In I hockey. think it should be made a far better point, quite frankly, but... Yeah. Uh, so this is why we need enforcers, so you don't have a situation like Morgan Riley. You don't have uh, uh, Perron trying to take a guy's head off with a, with a stick. You don't have sucker punches. You don't have that because, you know, you've the, the other team's got a sheriff, and he's going to clean house. It, it, you really make a. It, it's a strong point in favor of that. Certainly, that you don't, that maybe you wouldn't have something like this come down and happen. And it does seem like we're we're seeing a rise in this sort of thing. Of we late. are. We are. Especially in the last couple of weeks. I mean, it is getting bad. George Peros, the safety uh, department of player safety, which by the way, I think is hilarious. If you think George Peros is a, a rational human being to be in the department of player safety. Put him on YouTube, <laughs> see his playing days, especially when he was with Anaheim. 
the fact <laughs> it's like putting George Peros in charge of the Department of Player Safety is like putting Lindsay Lohan in charge of Mothers Against Drunk Driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny as hell. You're so, not wrong, dude. <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. Here's where we find ourselves. Uh Players have to police themselves. I mean, there's going to be league rulings. There's going to be uh, things handed down from even the players' union. There's going to be your coach, your assistant coaches saying, hey, don't be a jack wagon out there. Play the game. Keep keep a cool head. But all in all, it wasn't, oh, I might be suspended by late. Oh, I might have to do a bag skate the next morning. It's Marty McSorley is swimming like a shark out there, and I don't want him knowing my number. No. And that's honestly the, the best defense against these sorts of things. And at that point, I will step off of my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing you said in there that I can really disagree with, honestly. No. I mean, I'm not looking for a helmet. I'm not looking for cement heads. I'm not looking for people who just, I'm not looking for Brad Marchands who are just pests. Okay, those, those people are useful in the league because it gets, it gives the league a villain. You need to have villains in professional sports, but it gives, you need somebody who can mix it up. But also, I mean, back to my original point was, you need somebody who can mix it up. You can uh, keep things fair on the ice, but you need them to pull their weight when it comes to uh, uh, face-offs, goals, assists. they they got to be able to contribute other than just, you know, hitting people. The one-dimensional goon is really not a, uh, is really kind of an extinct player type in the NHL these days. Like some, <laughs> oh, That one-dimensional kind of... Uh, yeah, you used, to, you used to be able to get away with those uh, in the 70s with the Broad Street Bullies uh, and stuff like that. But you don't get the... Even in the 80s, it started to kind of phase out. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Uh, but, you know, we really need you to also put the puck in the net because we're only running 18 skaters here. If we have one or two of you who are... Your only job is to uh, mess people up. Where do we put you on the line? Do we put you on the on the first line with our stars? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but you still had a lot of those guys, certainly in the 90s. Your, you know, basically your Tony Twist. Yes. Your Stu Grimson's. Stu your, Grimson. The Grim your, Reaper. Your, your guys of that sort. Like, you had plenty of dudes who were still very much. Darren McCarty. Uh, well, except McCarty could score, too. Yeah. Gr- Grimson and Tony Twist, no one ever accused them of being able to, no. to, to no, score think, a goal. They were the kind of guys who they scored. It was probably off their butt. Basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, lot to get to today, though. Uh, it is happy hour, your local alternative solid state radio. Stick around. It is happy hour at your local alternative solid state radio. What's going on? He is Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. So, Thursday, me with a hurt knee, uh, post um, venereal disease day, v- v- Valentine's Day. Excuse me, excuse me. Yes, yes, that's what the, the venereal disease day. That's just a, a, uh, observed in your world. Yeah, so nine months uh, from now, I just want to wish you all uh, a good day in the hospital for the birth of a baby boy or girl. Um, Don't wish that on our listeners. Good Lord, man. I'm not not wishing on the staff. We don't need the staff reproducing. Oh, absolutely. No one on this staff needs to reproduce, including the ones who already have. That's right. (laughs) Against better judgment, I did. (laughs) No, no No one ever accused you of making good life choices, sir. Speaking of VD Day and things of that nature, this weekend, Cascade yes. Lounge, Adam's VD Party. 
Tell them all about it. <laughs> You're, you've been very animate about making this Adams VD Day. Yes, come on out. And, uh, let, let me bring you some VD cheer. One uh, of these years, I'm going to I'm going to actually convince you to put that on the flyer. <laughs> he hasn't yet. I've been trying for no, years. No. Uh, it is the Sessions Concert Series going on this Saturday at Cascade and Lounge at Metamora. Three bands that I play on Sessions that they're they're all excited to be there. I can't and I can't wait to see them. I got Liv and AI who I've not seen live yet. I've not had the uh, joy of interviewing them yet, but I love uh, Ignite the Sky. I think uh, that sounds right. I keep yeah. screwing that name. That name. Up. It's too bad because I love the track. Then you got Today's Okay, uh, and then you got. Uh, Heat Above, who what has been a three-piece, they're now a four-piece. Oh? Yes. Brady, who was playing drums, is now up front with guitar and singing. Really? Yeah. They sent me... I, I've been asking for stage plots, because our sound guy, Eddie, kind of wants to know what he's getting into. And boy, did Heat Above come correct. They gave me an entire blueprint really? of everything. I'll have to show it to you, because it is something to behold. I mean, it's a whole diagram of everything. It's all the mics that they prefer for everything. I don't think they're going to get all that. <laughs> Sennheiser for this, Sennheiser for this, SM58 for that. <laughs> you, you wish. Yeah. This is a solid state radio event. You're lucky that we can afford microphones that aren't Radio Shack brand. <laughs> now you turn it on. There's an on-off button right on it, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. there. Yeah, you see it right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you got Michael, Brady, and Jack up front. Uh then a dr- an, uh, the drummer's not named, but I'm sure that they've got somebody. So it is a uh, it is something it is something that uh, every sound guy needs. Unless this means they're bringing their own mics. Oh, maybe maybe. Like that's I, I have to imagine because I, I don't think they expect that every uh, every place they're playing. Certainly, if they're playing for one of our shows, that we've got a whole set of Prasanis drum mics. I see that. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe they bring their own. That would. That would probably be like that. That seems like the the uh, most likely thing here. <laughs> I could see. I, I sent it to Eddie, our Eddie Lane, our illustrious sound guy, uh, and, and a great guitar player in his own right. I'm sure he's looking at that and says, "Good luck, <laughs> good luck with this one." But uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. That, I mean, that's cool that they even have that they've thought that far ahead. I feel like most bands, eh, we have things, just plug them into stuff. Yeah, yeah, or or is like, and that, no, it's pretty straightforward. And they come back. Uh, we have an electric violin. Yeah, our our guitarist actually brings an entire separate mixer. Yeah, I had that happen once. <laughs> like, yeah, we're bringing an entirely separate mixer of our own to run into your stuff because these guys need click tracks and th- and, and uh-huh. like effects and things of that nature. <laughs> it was. I leave uh, the most disastrous show I've possibly ever played. <laughs> I had a, he actually put a pistol in his mouth. No. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you this. By the, fir- by the end of the first song, I was ready to quit the band. By the end of the second, I was ready to smash my, my guitar on stage. By the third, I was ready to smash my guitar over the guitarist's head. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's good. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. No, t- <laughs> no tickets. No, no cover. Uh, just come on in. Uh, programming note for that night is that the doors will be locked uh, at Cascadon Lounge until 8 o'clock because there's a stand-up comedy show, and I would advertise that. It's for Project Graduation. A uh, friend of the studio, Dustin Cole, is your headliner, but 
it's sold out. I say not much to advertise. They already sold this thing out. Yeah, I told them. I said, you know what? We wanted to bring you on the show to advertise uh, the show and everything else, plug it, but apparently you don't need us. (laughs) He laughed. He still wants to come on the show, though. Uh, Well, maybe we'll make that happen. I know he's doing, he's headlining. Uh, Sean Patrick Sean playing with Patrick, him. Sean Patrick, yep. Dude's absolutely hilarious. Oh, they are. They are hilarious. Sean Patrick. I don't think Dustin Cole ever did a Solid State Live, but Sean Patrick did. Did he? Yeah. I'm pretty, I don't pretty, remember I'm this. I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. Uh, fun, funny guys. I'm, I'm hoping I can... I didn't buy a ticket, so I might have to sneak in. I'll have to play the, don't you know who I am? You'd be amazed how much he plays the don't you know who I am card. <laughs> It's this, this or happens. just the gym all thing. Just show up with with a polo shirt and a lanyard, and you'll get in. <laughs> just don't show up with a Red Sox jersey like Jim did last time he pulled that. And yeah, you might have a chance of getting in. <laughs> oh Lord, it's happy hour at Solid State Radio. It is happy hour at your local alternative Solid State Radio. He's Adam Harehuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And one thing that we we admit every once in a while is that we are fans of late night television. I don't watch as much as I want to, but we did get some good news in late night television. John Stewart is back on The Daily Show, albeit just on Mondays. I kind of wish they would have just given him the, the whole week again. I don't know if it's a he didn't want it thing, because like, I guess they're going to keep doing the guest co-host thing the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah, and, and that has worked out for the most part. You've had a few clunkers, but because, uh, I mean, even I'm a, I'm a big Leslie Jones fan, but I don't know if that really panned out as well. Uh, but it's probably a he didn't want it, because he retired. Yeah, and you didn't see, you haven't seen a whole lot of John. Well, Stewart. he he did a show on Apple TV for a while there. Oh, that's right. So he pretty much disappeared. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I mean, there there's that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you get some prominent guest hosts in there, that could be funny. And because that's the one thing about the Daily Show is, yeah, it's funny, but it. It is bringing the news, yeah, and it is very much a liberal uh, sw- uh, uh, swing on things, absolutely. But there's still uh, a lot of people were going to the Daily Show for news as opposed to going to CNN and Fox News and stuff like that. Because I mean, here they are, you know, it's news, but they're breaking it down for you. Like you, they don't assume that you're all political strategists. Uh, and which a lot of people aren't, and they're just like, play it on the yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah, the, and they're delivering it with a spoonful of sugar when it, in the form of comedy. So I mean, I, I'm hoping that he comes back maybe more full time, but it would be nice to see because honestly, I mean, the guest host thing it works for a while, and they've had some good ones, but hey, you don't get consistency really with that. Like you might just have a week that's just going to suck, yeah, because the host. Or just a great week, and then you're not going to get it any more of it. And how soon until Comedy Central is like, well, so now you've got John Cena promoting a movie. I guess we'll make him the host, and you know that that kind of thing. You'd like to hope that they don't do something like that. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. They've had some great hosts for the Daily Show, even with like Craig Kilborn. Uh, it was a whole different show with him, and I, and I like. Yeah. I, for what it's worth, I like his late late show far better than I liked his daily show. Like, yeah. like th- then it did it. Did, it wasn't as you know making fun of the politics of the day. It was just kind of you know picking on dumbass middle America a lot more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you brought in uh, John Stewart, who has been, become the X factor for uh, late night news comedy. 
Trevor Noah did a great job. He was all right. I, I, I liked Trevor Noah. I like Trevor Noah's uh, comedy a little bit better, but uh, I just I think John Stewart. First of all, the whole idea is that you are uh, taking a satirical look at your Fox News's, your CB, CNNs. Yeah, and John Stewart fits that mold. <laughs> Some guy from South Africa, maybe not so much. I mean, maybe, I, you got to have somebody that looks the part. I mean, it doesn't necessarily and, have to be, because, I mean, like, some of the better correspondents and things were not necessarily American folks. I mean, look at John Oliver, who's, who, who was the fill-in last time uh, John Stewart went on an extended break and ended up getting his own show out of the deal. Yep. I think he did a... Pr- John Oliver is funny. A he, damn he fine job. It. So it's not necessarily, you know, the not being American doesn't not always necessarily mean he's not going to be as good at the job, like... I just wasn't a fan of Trevor Noah, like as a host. Like I said, his stand, a lot of his stand up, fantastic. Uh-huh. But I don't know. It was very hit or miss to me as far as his his material on this show. Yeah, I was I was okay with that. I mean, I would watch it. I'm like, eh, still kind of miss John da- uh, John Daly. How you doing, John, John Daly? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so we'll see. I mean, I'm sure they're probably going to be looking for somebody more permanent because you want. The writers are going to want somebody they can ha- uh, have constant contact with, right? Like that—that's the other thing. You don't not even the consistency, but you know the voice. You don't you don't really get that 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 unified. You know the voice of the the permanent host in quite the same way, and it just I don't think works as well. Apparently, they'd wanted Hassan Minaj to do it like permanently, and then I'm still kind of confused over what the issue was there, like. Apparently, he'd embellished some stories in his stand-up because, you know, no one ever does that. Yeah, right. Well, Hassan Minaj, uh, I have a rough time because it. I, I know that a lot of stand-up comics, and I'm going to tread lightly here, folks. I know a lot of uh, stand-up comics want to tackle the thing of race, but that seems to be a lot of his, his stand-up. He has a whole stand-up about how he was going to go to prom, and the girl he wanted to go to prom with, the parents said no because he is Indian-American. Uh, or I think he might just be Indian. I think he's he's an immigrant. But, uh, the, the, the story I remember that got a lot of controversy with him is the, the sending a white powder to his house and him claiming that his daughter came in contact with it and had to be taken to the hospital or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And apparently that the last part of that wasn't necessarily true. Yeah. Like, things like that. Like, there actually apparently was actual white powder sent to their house, but the daughter didn't come into contact with it necessarily. Yeah. Like, things like that, which I don't know if those are necessarily enough. Certainly not enough to disqualify you from doing stand-up comedy. Whether they necessarily are enough to disqualify you from being the host of the Daily Show, that's a whole different thing. Because there is that, like, it's it it it's not news, but it's also not just straight comedy. Go out there and just say whatever ridiculous things you want, like, could, like those things. Like you have, like, certainly in the news world where Brian Williams got fired for embellishing oh, yeah. a story about yes, going over to Iraq, or there was a. What was it? Dan Rather got sacked over. Something to do with some um, George President W. Bush. Bush. Yeah, his uh, uh, dishon- doc- dishonorable discharge or uh, draft dodging or yeah. some, something like that. And yeah. this is somewhere in between. So, like, yeah. if, if you do make you know false claims and on things, like you're not going to be trusted as, even as a host of a satirical news show. But yet, you know, it is still comedy. Yeah. So it, it it's a weird place to occupy. That I don't think any of the other late night hosts 
would come under similar scrutiny if that were the case. Like if if that had been like a, in a Seth Meyers position, I don't think it would have been a problem as much because it's. Like I said the Daily Show is for better or worse seen as even if a satirical news program, still to some extent a news program. Yeah, I mean John Stewart. One of the reasons. Uh, not the reason why he left. It's why he felt pressure when he was doing the job because he felt like he, you know, he was... You're trusted. America's anchor, man. You, you realize that my show was preceded by uh, prank-calling puppets, right? I <laughs> <laughs> lead his puppets making prank calls. What is wrong with you? So, I mean... But, yeah, I mean, you do have to have... People have to be able to trust you. Yeah. And if they know, oh, this guy's a liar. If If... Uh, Hassan Minaj was going to come out there and say something bad about Trump or or Biden, that those followers would be like, oh, he doesn't know. Look, he lied about this. He lied about that. It's it, right. You're shooting yourself in the foot before you even step up. Yeah, it, it's a weird position where you still have to gain the world's trust despite being literally a guy who tells jokes for a living. Yeah, yeah. There's a big. That's a teeter totter. You got to keep keep equal right there. And and very few people have ever really managed to do it successfully. I I can't remember. Hannibal Burris would be about perfect for that, or uh, I, uh, Roy that, Wood Jr. Yeah, apparently, I I think Roy Wood Jr. had his own designs on being the host of the show. And honestly, I could have seen him being a fit. Yeah, like of all the the current correspondents who were there at the time, he's probably the guy I would have picked to do it. He he was good. He was really good. Uh, Chelsea Handler. As much as she irritates she me, she was. Uh, I I saw her her stint on the Daily Show, and it it didn't do a great deal for me. Admittedly, yeah, it was not my favorite of the bunch. It it's it just something about her, possibly, and her, her other late. Like I've seen her her late night shows in uh-huh. the past, and right. just she. I don't know. If she necessarily has the right. Um, because she, she's not as overly as much as political as she is more kind of like celebrity oriented, like in her, yeah. a lot of her stuff. Yeah, yeah. And what I find, and here I am suggesting her, and I'm going to trash her. Watch this. Uh, <laughs> what I notice is like through her books and her shows and everything else, she talks pretty much how trashy she is. And then, you know, she goes in and uh, trashes her guests <laughs> about being trashy. Right. <laughs> Like, she could definitely do a late-night show again. I just don't think the Daily Show is necessarily the right fit there. Yeah. Yeah. Roy Wood Jr. would have been good. Uh, the Hassan Minaj before all that stuff would have been a great choice. I, I even didn't mind Jordan Klepper so much when they had him. Uh, I think they had him sit in, and he, he had been, I think, doing his own late-night show after the, the, the Colbert thing, basically doing the Colbert thing, but as, like, a mock Alex Jones type. Yeah. <laughs> But it, almost, he's, he actually probably would have, would have been better off in that than being like the guy on the chair behind the chair on the Daily Show for right, real. Right, right. If she wasn't so busy, I would say Eliza Schlesinger because I really love her stand-up comic. And when she does her stand-up comic, she will kind of get into like some political kind of things and get. She comes in it with intelligence. Yeah, she'd be a good fit. Yeah, but. Yeah, like you said, like she's got a lot of things going. Though, didn't she do a guest hosted on the on Daily Show a couple at uh, least once or twice? If, if she did, I haven't seen it, and I would like to see it because I I am a big fan of hers, of her. Yeah, ultimately, it, it's going to be hard to make everybody or anybody happy here, no matter what you end up doing. You like, almost you almost have to kind of find the uh, a nobody. 
John Stewart had. Well, they had tried a, that. Uh, it was Trevor Noah, and it know. didn't work. Yeah. Well, he had a stand up. Well, John Stewart was the same way. I mean, he had his own show for a while there. He had, yeah, he had uh, two different uh, TV like late a, night talk shows. Yeah, it was like a two weeks then gets canceled or something like that. But I mean, he was a relatively unknown. So was Craig Kilborn. I think they need to go back to that well as opposed to our ideas of, hey, let's get somebody everybody knows and bring them in. You know, find that diamond in the rough. Well, I mean, Stewart was about as established as a comedian as some of these other people who applied and that we liked. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not necessarily like he was plucked from obscurity. Like I said, he had two different late-night talk shows. He'd had another show or two on Comedy Central. I mean, he was not exactly... He wasn't an unknown by that standard, certainly. He was one of the bigger, like, stand-up comics of, the, of that generation. All I'm saying is it's just too bad Gilbert Gottfried left us because he would have been perfect. <laughs> would he though <laughs> no he wouldn't I'm, at Let's this say. point I'm just also in the case of Kilborn, he wasn't even really unknown he was a sports center anchor though before oh that's right which I had almost forgotten was a thing <laughs> that, that, that's that's an odd f- to go from that to doing yep. to doing comedy kind but, of yeah I mean jeez I'm trying to think of uh, the MTV sp- uh, VJ from the 90s that went over to do legitimate ESPN stuff. Was it a... Oh, that's going to bug me. I'll have to f- figure that one out. But, uh... Jeez. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank now. But or was Adam. It, is Adam having a stroke? No. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a check on him. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, The Daily Show has a good track record, and I hope they keep it going. hope they get a, a good, solid... Normal host. I feel like what's going to happen... Call Sean. He'll do it. I don't think you want me on that show. I am not TV material, man. I'm absolutely not. (laughs) And we're live in five, four, three. Sean, you're on. (laughs) What? (laughs) Welcome to Daily Show. (laughs) Yeah. No one wants that. Especially not me. Right. It's happy hour at Solid State Radio. It is happy hour at your, your local alternative, Solid State Radio. And normally around here, we're the ones who go about ruining lives and things of that nature. <laughs> this is one that clearly did not need our help. <laughs> I mean, you, you see the things all the time about 23andMe and the DNA ancestry tests and whatnot. Like, yeah. I, have you ever done one of those? Nope, I haven't because I'm afraid of what will come out. <laughs> and apparently uh, there's some other people who probably shouldn't have. I say there, there are some people who have some good reason to be afraid, who give us some good reason to be afraid of what you might find out from this. So this one, Victoria Hill, 39-year-old clinical social worker from suburban Connecticut, used to joke that perhaps she was the mailman's child. Oh, how not too far off she was. <laughs> so she did a 23andMe DNA test, sent her DNA into the company. And then she found out that she had many more siblings than just the brother she grew up with. Oh, jeez. <laughs> In fact, she had 22. <laughs> 22 brothers. And some sisters. of them reached out to her and, uh, well, really dropped some bombshells on her. What you thought was your daddy is uh, nothing but uh, however the hell that Pearl Jam song goes. No, as it turns out, her dad was a fertility doctor who had been helping her mother try and conceive. (laughs) And apparently, the mother wasn't his only patient. (laughs) No. apparently. Well, no, as we've just kind of figured out that there were 22 of them. So she has 
siblings from uh, around the area. And yeah, it gets worse, folks. Oh no, it, <laughs> it, it, it gets it gets far far worse. She found out that one of her newly discovered siblings was her high school boyfriend, one she says she could have easily have married. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, if, if accidental incest isn't the worst possible case scenario here, I don't want to know what is. That's insane to me, dude. I know. Oh, my God. How, like, you actually... Have, this is the first apparently confirmed case of someone dating and being intimate with someone not knowing it was their half-sibling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we're getting married. Uh, I, I want my father to walk me down the aisle. I said, wait a minute, that's my dad, too. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't know that. They no, were, they didn't know. Yeah, the no, it was. wasn't like the, <laughs> what's the, the Joder, I'm your sister. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it wasn't nothing like that. No, but... So here's this fertility doctor who, you know, he is really getting into his work. And <laughs> getting a little too into his work, apparently. And, well, it's just like, I can't keep up with all these women want to get pregnant. I don't have enough sperm donors. What am I supposed to do without? <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands. <laughs> and apparently... Uh, CNN started looking into it and found that that wasn't the only case in which she or other people in her newly discovered sibling group interacted with someone in their community who turned out to be a sibling. Like, there's been multiple of these, but this is the first one where, okay, we were actually intimate together. That, I mean, if that's just not going to ruin your life forever, I don't know what will, dude. (laughs) You know the worst part of this, though? (laughs) It's not even illegal. Yeah, that's the part that gets me. Like, no, that's Connecticut, fine. where this happened, has no laws against fertility fraud. Victims of this form of deception face long odds in getting any kind of recourse, and doctors who are accused of it have an enormous advantage in court, meaning they rarely face consequences, and in some cases still continue to practice. <laughs> I bet you they do. <laughs> just... They're just not doing it in official form anymore, so... <laughs> So, I mean, because like fertility clinics, I mean, you can talk about, you know, look at donors and say, okay, I want somebody with blue eyes. I want you to make sure. And uh, apparently everybody just went in for the the, the budget special. (laughs) Give me number one. Well, this is our uh, most favorite model here. (laughs) Wow. They all look like the doctor. I mean, that's, that is. What if he, what if that one uh, high school guy. Uh, he he's just been pining for the one that got away. Oh, she was just perfect. She reminded me of myself in so many ways. We looked so d- similar. Our kids would have been beautiful. No, your kids would have had flippers. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, he he finds that out. And <laughs> if it it was Connecticut, so he's probably maybe turned off. But if it was you know a little, a little farther south, maybe he'd be like, yeah, I can get past that. <laughs> we can look over this. <laughs> yeah, so you're moving to just the right part of the country. You're you're probably fine. Yeah, right. Twenty two. So I want two other siblings, and th- this apparently just happens and happens fairly frequently. Like, and there's there's no like oversight for this. Like it said in the article, nail salons are more regulated than fertility doctors. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Where's your license? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's around here somewhere. You might want to wipe it off. It was literally just drawn in Crayola crayons. Like, yep. We, I just thought, like, how does the doctor, like, how is there not some medical office that can revoke their license to do this? Yeah. But apparently there's not. This is the, I'm not a big fan of reality shows, but this is one we need. 22 and him. <laughs> Bring him in. There's like, yeah, yeah, I did that. But why? Well, you know, I was low on my inventory and I need to move need to boost up. those numbers. Yep. <laughs> Sicko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, it's a fertility clinic, so they can't get him for child support because that'd be, that'd be something that we couldn't be able to. Uh, oh, my God. Could you imagine? Like, if you could actually do that, because I. Because there were there were laws protecting that sort of thing, for that reason, like someone's donating to get your, you know, to help you realize your dream, your stupid dream of having kids, and then only to like, oh, just just we uh, had yeah, change of heart here. We want you to pay for these kids now. Those, you're the baby daddy. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, right. Where nope. my money? No, I sold my baby batter. You're not getting any of this. That's <laughs> I got my, I got my two hundred bucks. How you think I made rent this month? That's right. Like, good, good luck collecting from me. I, I'm literally selling my sperm to to the local sperm bank. You think I have money, lady? <laughs> exactly. If I had yeah. money, I would have knocked you up the old fashioned way. <laughs> and as he's walking out of the, as he's walking out of the sperm clinic, the receptionist is like, "Thanks for coming." Ah. Hey, low joke. It's happy hour. It's Solid State Radio. It's happy hour, and we're gonna we're gonna steal this bit again once again. You know, as, as the show that's here five days a week versus five days a month, I feel like we can just stake our claim to MIVA hole here. Yeah, it's ours now. So let's judge some people, shall we? Yeah. My 32 year old brother has been knocking up his wife, also 32, since they were in high school. Their oldest is now 13, but they have three more. She's a stay at home mom, and he works as a cleaning staff. At a camp, it's pretty good money, but they waste a lot of it. They have multiple gaming systems, and the two oldest kids have very new iPhones. I live in the loft above my parents' garage. I don't pay rent because my folks want me to save up for my future. I help out around the house and buy groceries for my parents as well as myself. My brother-in-law and his family live in the in-law suite in his parents' basement. It was supposed to be a rental to give them some extra money for when they retire, but after my brother lost his job because he wouldn't get vaccinated, our folks let him move in. I love to buy them gifts, but my brother and his family always needed exactly what I happened to give them. For example, I brought my mom a very colorful bag from Columbia. It's a woven cotton shoulder bag, blah, blah, blah. My nine-year-old niece saw it and wanted to use it for a project at school where she promptly lost it. I got my dad a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle since he oh, loves to have geez. a drink after a long day. Yeah. My brother and his wife found it and drank it mixed with orange juice because it was so strong tasting. Oh, my God. So now I... Yeah, that's... I'm sorry, you, you, I believe, legally should have the right to murder those people for doing that to perfectly good Pappy Fan goddamn Winkle. What is wrong with you? Uh, what, is the, what is the sticker price on a bottle of I that? I think the sticker price is 300 bucks, but like they go yeah. for four figures. Jeez. So now I do other stuff. I took my mom to go see Anastasia and got us really good seats. No one else was invited. I took my dad for a steak dinner and then to a speakeasy in our city and treated him to a $160 cocktail. These are things my parents love doing but won't, quote, waste money on. 
I keep the groceries I buy in my loft. I'll make meals for my parents and have them over, or I'll bring the ingredients and cook with my dad. Perfect. My brother started asking why I don't leave the groceries in the fridge, freezer, or pantry that they have access to and why I stop buying my parents' gifts. He says, I'm living there for free, and I should give them more. I asked him how much he was paying in rent or contributing to the household, and he said he was tired on the weeks he was home and that his wife and kids were too busy to help. I work a full-time job. I volunteer. I do theater sports as a hobby. I still manage to help with yard work, housework, errands, etc., etc., helping with my grandmother, who is in a locked-in facility for dementia patients. I pointed this out, and he said I was being a little bitch. I said I wasn't stupid enough to leave anything around that he and his family could steal. Now we're fighting, and my parents are upset. His wife called me an a-hole for not sharing the treats I buy for my parents. I can afford treats to buy for my parents and I, but not for five more people who don't contribute. So am I the a-hole for only buying my parents stuff that can't be shared or taken while my brother and his family are living with us? You are not. The parents are... That's clever as all hell, actually. I like that. Yeah, the parents are saying you're an a-hole because they just want peace in their house. And I don't blame them for that. But, yeah, I mean, you're... you. First of all, it started out... The parents uh, aren't calling him an a-hole. It's the brother's wife, apparently. I th- oh, I thought you said the mother was... Uh, no, my par- we were fighting. My parents were upset. His wife... I, I, oh. I, I'm reading his, his brother's wife okay, called him an a-hole. Gotcha. Okay, yeah... I don't think so. It started out with the letter like, uh, yeah, I live in my parents' garage. I don't have a job. I know, or, or he does have a job or doesn't pay rent. I'm saving enough money to get out on my own, blah, blah, blah. It sounded like, okay, yeah, I don't know. And then it sounds like, yeah, my brother does this. And it, was like, it sounds like you guys are both kind of trash. But when, I mean, he's buying like expensive bottles of booze. Uh, for his dad and taking him out for a $160 cocktail. Put a pin in that. <laughs> I want to know what's in that cocktail. That's 160 bucks. Oh, uh, you know, it, it, you, you say this, but I was at a place on Saturday night that actually had a cocktail on their menu that went for 150 That's insane. So That's insane. You only buy that drink so you can tell people you bought a drink for 150 bucks. No, absolutely. Now, most of the cocktails at this place were like in the $20 to $30 range. Okay, well, let's come back to that. Let's finish with this because I want to hear more about that. Okay. Um, But yeah, taking... First of all, your parents, they don't... A bag that she just said, okay, yeah, the nine-year-old here, you go ahead and take it. Uh, a whiskey, I'll, I'll just leave open for so everybody can drink with orange juice. Uh, parents just want your time. Yeah, go see a play with your mom. Take your dad out for a night on the town. That is perfect. Now, the parents probably like, well, you know, I really, I mean, you can share it with your brother and his family. But no, no, this is, I am giving you this opportunity to go see a play, but with me. It's us hanging out together. It get, is, yeah. you know, it's, hey, let me take you out on a town and get a $150 drink of something. Uh, but then <laughs> then it's, the the brother is... Why aren't you getting them gifts that I could take for myself? <laughs> yeah, they may not even look at it that way. They may be so uh, self-absorbed. That they don't even see the. Oh, fact they are that, clearly. Yeah, they see. They don't see that. Oh well, you know, I bought her a bag. Your nine-year-old lost it. I got him some whiskey. You drank it. I. This is a. And uh, you know what? He doesn't even have to explain a damn word. No, to he them. doesn't. He should say, you know what? I wanted to take it, Dad out for dinner, so I took Dad out for dinner. What? What now? I want. Mom wanted to go see this this play. We went and saw the play. What? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to run my uh, gift ideas by you? 
to hell with you. <laughs> right. I mean, no, he, he is not the a-hole. I'm a little, I feel bad for these, uh, well, I don't know, the parents probably want the kids around, but yeah. it's it's also like, yeah, the kids just keep moving back. <laughs> I've got a, we had a, 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 a apartment that we wanted to rent out to people for extra income, and nope, uh, kid came back with his wife and a couple kids. We got a place above the garage. Oh, nope. They make good money and apparently spend all of it is their problem. Well, he's also paying for a big, expensive bottle of whiskey, so I don't know if he's too frugal. Well, no, but he's buying that whiskey as a gift for his parents. Yeah. Because that he's taking the money that he would have been putting towards other gifts that are being just squandered. Usurped, usurped by the rest of the family. Yep, yep. So, I don't know. So I ain't willing to judge him that harshly over it. No. Nope. So, so you're really hung up on this whole $150 cocktail thing. Yeah, yeah I can't stop thinking about it. I, I, it kind of derailed me a little bit. I mean, this is like, you know... Uh, Miley Cyrus's boob sweat. I mean, what's in here? Uh, oddly enough, no, unfortunately. But okay. I mean, I don't know if that's unfortunate unless you you'll actually be there to collect the sweat. <laughs> but so lick it, slam it, no. <laughs> right? So <laughs> sorry, sorry. God damn it. <laughs> but uh, from. Uh, so over the weekend, uh, Rach and I had gone down to Detroit and we'd done some like fancy cocktails and things. And we ended up at this place where the cocktails are all like in the twenty to thirty dollars a piece range. Yikes! And but there's like high end stuff that they're putting in these. Like, I'll, I'll give you the, the hundred and fifty dollar one. So for they're example. not charging you a twenty five dollar Jack and Coke. No, the, this isn't just like a Jack and Coke. Jacques or, and Coke. <laughs> right? No, it's not anything like that. Like these are like rare infused whiskeys. And like, I'll I'll give you the the uh, instance here that sure w- with the really expensive one. So Hennessy Yamazaki twelve year, which is a mm. Scotch. It's it's a Japanese made whiskey in a Scotch style that is price wise about on par with Johnny Walker Blue. Okay, and quite frankly, tastes a hell of a lot better. I would hope so. Green apple, shiitake mushroom, truffle. <laughs> and then serve with like a custom like chocolate too, some like high end chocolate bar. Okay. So I mean, for 150 bucks, I mean, it's it's is it worth it? Probably not. But is it probably damn good quality stuff? Absolutely. I would hope so. Like the thing that I got was like uh, it was a toasted cashew infused six year rye and some other barrel proof rye, and let me tell you, significant pours of both of these things. And served with smoked with these spiced cashews that are apparently really rare and hard to come by. Really? And this was like 22 bucks or whatever. And it was, it was all like toasted and applewood smoked. Like they bring it out to you. And you're in this space, probably about the size of my garage. Uh-huh. Like not even exaggerating there with a, a wall of whiskey that's like so tall that they have one of those like librarian ladders. <laughs> that rolls on to, a coaster. Yeah. Yes. A rail. Yeah. One of those. In this tiny little space, it's like just super like cool and intimate and whatever in a space about literally the size of the building that we're currently in mm-hmm. and they bring it out on this big old like this plate with this big old glass lid it's all smoked on the inside like mm-hmm. they actually smoke the applewood and like smoke the, the cocktail and everything and just the presentation of this thing as you're watching this smoke <laughs> like it, but that's kind of the part of the fun isn't it it is yeah no it absolutely is like it's the drink itself the preparation the presentation and everything else and it's it's well, it, it it's hard to say that it's worth the price, but 
you don't feel like you're getting ripped off by any means. Right. <laughs> and it was just a cool experience. Like, it's a kind of place where I probably only go, like, for an anniversary or a Valentine's Day or something yeah. once a year. Or it makes it special. Years. Yeah, it's, it's worth it just once to say that you were able to do it and have the, have the really cool experience of doing it. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily, like... I mean, hey, good on him for having the money to do that for his dad, though. That's, that's super cool, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. $150, though. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, is the several hundred dollar bottle of whiskey more worth it? Sure. Sure. But at least your brother's not going to ruin this with OJ. <laughs> oh, here's an addition to uh, another response from, yeah, apparently I got him another bottle of uh, 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 Van Winkle, and uh, the nine-year-old took that to school, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for, from here on out, the, the brother's going to get a bottle of OJ for Christmas and a bottle of Imperial. <laughs> Bet that won't be too harsh for you, a-hole. There you go. Here's some, here's some fireball, you, you wild kids. <laughs> here, here's some Elijah. No, no, Elijah Craig's too good for you. Oh, no, here's some, too uh, spicy for them. Here's some Ezra Brooks. Have fun. Ezra <laughs> Brooks. There you go. There you go. And the nine-year-old gets those little tiles that you can put on there to find things with your phone so she can't seem to keep track of anything. <laughs> Clearly, they need it. My God, those people are just the absolute worst. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, let, we'll do another one of these coming up. It's happy hour at Solid State Radio. It is happy hour. He's Adam Harehawk. I'm Sean Cantwell. Let's do one more round of Am I the A-Hole, shall we? Let's. I, 18-year-old female, recently had a birthday. At first, I was just going to have lunch with my friends at a restaurant, but my parents insisted on joining us and celebrating it together with us, even though we were going to celebrate at home as a family anyway. I didn't mind. I told them I'd be happy to have everyone together at the party. It was all going well until Mom told me she also invited her friends to my birthday party. I didn't want them there because I didn't know them well enough, and it was just supposed to be people close to me, but she was stubborn about inviting them, so I suggested we could have two timings, one for my mom's guests and the other for my friends. Sure. She agreed to it. It was settled that we'll invite her guests at noon and my friends at 2. Okay. So I could spend enough time with my friends and give enough time to the other guests. Sounds everything's swimmingly so far. On the day of the party, none of my mom's guests arrived on time, and only by the time all my friends were there did they start arriving. I was a bit annoyed but didn't say anything. <laughs> One of the guests' daughter, around 6 years old, wouldn't leave me alone. She clung to me the entire time. Her parents insisted on having her cut my cake. I let her do it because she was just a kid who probably wanted to do it for fun. But she then started smashing the cake with her bare hands, wiping her snot on the new dress I was wearing, which was my birthday gift, and even spat on the food. And the parents, instead of disciplining her kid, stopped the music my friends and I were playing and played kids' music so their daughter could show us her dance. I didn't get to spend a single second with my friends, and by the time they left, everything was a mess. I still kept my cool and thanked everyone, including those parents, for coming to the party. Once everyone left, I started crying and told mom how her guests ruined my birthday and I hoped I never had to see them again. She took it as me blaming her for everything, so she started telling me how ungrateful of a child I am and that I didn't even deserve to have a birthday party. I don't even know what to tell her anymore. Wow. You know what? I know exactly what happened was the mom agreed, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll bring you my, fa- my friends in at noon and you're, you can have your thing with your friends at two. And then she told her friends, yeah, just, just show up at two. Just show up at two. This is the whole thing. It's it's a mess. It's just show up at two, and the, and then yeah, the six year old of terror. And it's just at at six years old, you need to be teaching kids on how the fact that there's going to be times when it's not all about you. When it's somebody else's birthday party, you need to divert your attention to the guest of honor, not you. 
at six years old, they should already know that. Right. You would think that. And the parents just indulge it and made the, the party all about their kid that they just randomly invited to someone else's birthday party. Right. Like, not only are you not the a-hole, quite frankly... You're the your, farthest your mom- away from... If the a-hole was a son, the, the son, you are Pluto. Quite frankly, your mom's the most awful, terrible human being in the world and shouldn't be... Like, in, in, the, in the chance that you end up getting married, don't let your mom invite her friends. Quite frankly, don't invite your mom. <laughs> wow. Well- <laughs> I'm serious. That was some just dog bleep. I, I, I'm asking you to pull weeds, and you're bringing out the backhoe. <laughs> I am entirely serious here. The, the fact that not only did she basically invite her friends to ruin yes. her birthday party, yeah. and then afterwards told her, you shouldn't even let you have a birthday party, you ungrateful bitch. Well, like, I'm 18, so you know what? Deuces. <laughs> right. If you haven't moved out yet, definitely make a plan to do that ASAP. Yeah, I mean... The parents have probably not gotten the memo that they now have an 18-year-old adult kid. And, you know, if you want to continue to be part of this kid's... Because I understand, at first, at first I was like, okay, the parents want to be a part of it. Okay, I'm, I'm on board. You've got my attention. But then they're like, okay, I'm going to bring in uh, my friends. Okay. And then the, the, the guest of honor, the writer... She's coming up with a nice compromise. I'm a big fan of compromise. Sure. And, but then it's just, you know, everything just, it's an it show. And, and this here's why you can't negotiate yeah. with terrorists, Adam. You can't. Apparently, there are terrorists. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I get the initial part of it. But, yeah, I mean, next year, uh, don't, you're going to be 19. Go to Canada and don't, don't even tell your folks. It's your birthday. Where are you? I'm in Canada. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Getting turt. <laughs> I'm in Canada. I'm hammered. And, oh, it's amateur night here. What Would you look at that? <laughs> Welcome to the stage. Birthday girl. <laughs> 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 yeah. Tell that seven-year-old. I know she was six. Now she's seven because that's how time works. But, uh, yeah, tell her. And she. <laughs> I'm going to spit on her dress. <laughs> Right, next time your mom has a get-together, make sure that that kid's invited again to that get-together. And before, yeah. before they go into the place, just give her a big old jar of glitter. Yes, absolutely. And, and just tell her she's, she's a fairy princess to, to go around and spread her glitter all, all around the, the whole party, and yep. especially your mom. And then when she goes to cut the cake, her birthday cake, which I'm sure is probably Elsa from Frozen, uh, just punch the cake. <laughs> just, <laughs> just full on, just <laughs> go, full on, go full on Bills fan. Yeah. Jump onto the table, <laughs> light the table on, like with the, all the birthday cakes on fire. Literally had the kid just go and just di- dive onto the table, onto the cake, smash the cake, break the table. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's what needs to happen yes, here. Absolutely. And then that'll make sure that. Uh, <laughs> That your mom will never pull a stupid stunt like this again. Yes. And then go no contact. <laughs> and then, of course, no. this is a no contact section with Sean Canwell. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Your mom's clearly terrible people and needs to... She's a bad person and she should feel bad about being a bad person. I mean, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, just chalk it up as a loss. 
next birthday, do you. You do you. You just don't even tell them where you're having it. Don't even tell them where you're having it. You don't, you don't owe them anything. You don't. You, sir, you don't owe them to be any part of this. No. Even if you live under the roof, they're going to be like, well, you live under our roof. And, no, no. Yeah. Not anymore, I don't. No, even if they do, she is, I mean, you don't have to tell your landlord wherever you go, do you? I mean, if you live in an apartment building, you get to hey, by the way, I'm going to the, I'm going to uh, Outback. You know? <laughs> no, you don't. Just leave. Just, just go and do the, well, why did you tell us? Well, you know, I just wanted my Because friends. I'm an adult. F you. Hey, let me bring up the uh, Snapchat from uh, last year, you POS. Look, look, oh, here, here's a six-year-old spitting, wiping her boogies on my dress, pun- destroying my cake. And here's you. Oh, here's you with the background not doing a damn thing about it. That should be all the, all the uh, proof that she needs to, so here's to a picture from my, anything. Here's my Again. pictures from this birthday. Here's us in Cabo San Lucas. Look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. His name is Enrique. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. that's. <laughs> I send you more pictures, but those you're going to have to pay $7.99 a month yeah, for. That's not a python in his pants. <laughs> 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 it's happy hour at Solid State Radio. Happy hour at Solid State Radio as we get set to get the hell out of Dodge here on a Thursday afternoon. Stick around, though. A full hour of uh, local uh, original tax time. It is tax time. Everybody's doing their taxes. Oh, uh, Tax Fraud Nightly is back. Tax Frog Night. Frog Nightly. How you doing? Frog Nightly. Tax Frog. Uh, frog. <laughs> With, I'm gonna do, I'm, <laughs> I'll let you know how you can write off a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and then have your assets frozen. But <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Play me out. <laughs> no, uh, one hour of original made music. Original made music? Orig- originally made music, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Local original music. Uh, Thursday, and actually I have to refer to my program director because uh, we're going to be doing some encore performances of interviews, but I can't remember. Today's what- okay is tonight. Today's okay is tonight. Okay. And then to, uh, two. No, in- sorry. I, no, I had that wrong. Heat above tonight. Tomorrow's today's okay. Okay. So, because we have a Sessions concert series coming up Saturday, and both those bands are participating. I can't wait for those bands. They're, and nobody's canceled. Knock, knocking on wood. Nobody's canceled. Don't, don't you? You, yeah, you just right. you made the mistake. You said the words, but I knocked now, on wood. But I knocked on wood. So maybe, I don't know. Uh, everything is a go. It's looking like a lot of fun. Programming note for that one, though. Doors will be locked. at Doors eight. open at 8. Doors open at 8. Yes, I need, I need to let people know about that one. Because this is a, there's a big old fundraiser comedy show going on before that, which the tickets are already sold out to that. Yeah, I, we can't even say, you know, just come to the comedy show. But Yeah, I, I, I wish we could just say that, but unfortunately, yeah, they're, they're already sold. They've been sold out of that thing for months, for like a month at least. Yeah. Because I had looked at you know tickets, like, well, hey, maybe we should bring in Dustin and uh, and uh, Dustin Cole and Sean Mori to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh wait, Sean who? Sean Patrick, whatever. Okay. <laughs> you, you people and your fake names in this business, I swear to God, it's like the, the comedians are the only people worse than radio people about <laughs> using fake names on the air. Isn't that right, Adam Barclay? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, See, I got I rid of that. Yeah. I never had a cool fake radio name. I got saddled with the one I was born oh, with. Oh, that well's not his real name. It, it, that's a trust name. me. If I had a if, if if I had a fake radio name, don't you think I'd pick something a little better than Cantwell? Well, his real name is Sean. Can't do anything well. <laughs> <laughs> they did more damage to the, to the computer set up that I did. You almost spilled the beer. <laughs> check. You just check yourself. <laughs> Why, yes, I did acquire a dodgeball last weekend. Why do you ask? He's going over a consignment shop. I was like, oh, I know what I'm getting. <laughs> it was on sale for like a buck. How can I pass it up? I'm more implements to torture hair huck with. You there know? you go. I, I only have enough. All the skulls around the house are packed up until Halloween, so I was kind of. <laughs> That's right. You know. Wasn't a lot I could do. What was the point to all this? Oh, right. Sessions, Sessions is next with yes. Heat Above. Yes. See you tomorrow at 3.